Welcome to the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy. We are your hosts of the Meaning Academy podcast, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Baruch Halevi. In this podcast, we explore the insights and inspiration of Dr. Victor Frankel and all things meaning, purpose, and resilience. Thanks for joining us. And now let's begin our search for meaning. So welcome back to the Meaning Academy podcast. Of course, we're your hosts, Dr. Daniel Franz, Dr. Dan, and me, Baruch Halevi, also known as B. Um, welcome, Dan. Good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you too again, buddy. It's uh, you know the audience should know um, we are this this Meaning Academy thing is getting really serious because we are pretty much living together on screen much of the time, and uh, you know even having a. For those of you out there, the meaning seekers who got to have lunch with us, uh, my God, it was just last week, wasn't it? Um, it's hard to believe. You're talking about um, when you were out in Colorado and visited you, and, and um, it's it was a weird thing for our listeners. You've uh, our listeners have experienced this too in a Zoom culture. You get to know somebody, you're connected, and then you, almost you realize, like, I've never actually seen them in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Never met them. It was a weird thing because, you know, you and I have been having this conversation for two, three years. I don't know. Quite some time. Mm -hmm. November of 21 is what I found. And and to see you in the flesh, I don't know. It was just good. It was validating. It was connecting. And it just made me realize we are we are heading in the right direction, my brother. Absolutely. It, it was a beautiful couple of a beautiful day. Um I, I do have to share that uh, fan of the podcast and close personal friend of mine, uh, the running man, um, really made a mess out of our, you know, I, I think you and I envisioned and share with the audience like, uh, you know, some great, you know, song playing in the background as we slowly Chari ran. Fire. I had it Chariots all of Fire. That's what you had. Yes. And, and it was queued up in, in somebody's music at that uh, national park. And uh the running man just sneaks up behind you and pretty much screams out, yep, I just needed to find another bald head in the crowd. <laughs> and there and I, would do. I, I, I satisfied that, uh, that requirement. So, yeah. and, and the funny thing is, again, one more testament to the work we're doing. Um, as a, you know, again, close personal friend of mine, but also audience member who really appreciates and respects what we're doing, um, some of our discussions about where the Meaning Academy is going brought even the stoic running man to tears mm -hmm. and, and that was you know as as we say one more indication of just hey what we're doing is resonating so much so deeply let me just share uh, an idea it's 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 not even half-baked it's it's not even um ingredients yet but we'll get there but i saw the running man tear up and i've had a few other people tear up um a meaning academy victor frankel meaning academy trip right um going to Vienna, the birthplace and the origins of Dr. Viktor Frankl, then, then going through the camps, the concentration camps, and experiencing his work, you know, exploring it, studying it there, having conversations, then taking that, going to Israel, um, the Jewish homeland, and, you know, what the Holocaust hinged around, and, mm -hmm. and taking these messages of desperation to inspiration, these are the types of things, you know, we were exploring, brainstorming, talking about, but when those types of things can bring grown men to tears, yeah. you know, you're in heart space and that this is just good. 
yeah, you know, just the idea of it, um, bringing somebody to tears, what, what an amazing impact it can have on somebody's life to, to truly, right. It, it, to, to more than just read these ideas or listen to them, but to truly touch them. Um, yeah. I know personally, I, I mean, my, as we were saying, my experience coming out to visit you last week, I mean, absolutely life-changing groundbreaking. Um, the idea that we live in this zoom culture and think we can communicate and we do communicate well through it uh, is great, but it, it's nothing like actually being with somebody, uh, being in their space, um, just being with them or being in a location. So, uh, I, I think first, um, we continue to build this amazing tribe. I know our meeting mastermind yesterday, uh, had a huge turnout. We had a great conversation and eventually we'll continue to put together the courses that people want to learn about. Sure. And uh, I know we have ideas. I will look for any excuse to come back out to Colorado. But what a great opportunity. What a great idea to invite more listeners to, to come and, and hang out with us for a retreat or an exchange of ideas. Well, just so our listeners know, that's our model for the Meaning Academy is to have a hybrid where we can do daily, weekly stuff together online. And we will have periodic retreats. Um, many places, not the least of which is Colorado, where I'm based, and the Meaning Academy is um, technically housed. And so we'll have this hybrid of back and forth because it's the world we live in. It's the best of both worlds. So stay tuned for more. Um, also, for those listening, the Meaning Mastermind really is the place to start. We've set it up so that you it's a no-brainer. All you do is you go to um, themeaningacademy.com or themeaningacademy.org. Either one will get you there. And you just scroll down, you'll see Meaning Mastermind. You click the button, you'll put in your name, you get a um, Zoom information. It's complimentary. It's every Thursday, uh, 12 o'clock Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern. And we just get together and we have a amazing conversation, something meaning, purpose, and resilience. And I can see their tribe, the Meaning Tribe growing around that. So we'd love for you to join us. Absolutely. And keep in mind, if you can't meet us at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific, um, if you are in that Meaning Seekers tribe on Facebook, we post the recordings there. You can listen to it anytime. But we do want you to, to hop in there and be personally involved. But man, love to see you when you can make it at 3 p.m. Eastern every Thursday. Uh, as that group has grown, we have people coming back repeatedly and new people coming in. And, and the conversation is just so robust. Um, it's hard because, you know, B, you and I go back and forth really well on these topics and uh, we can take up a lot of space in that but man some of the some of the meaning seekers that come and share their personal experience or, or ask questions wow it's been awesome and the whole purpose of it as you know is to have an hour a week where we can talk about real things talk about meaning purpose and resilience and just jump into a tribe of people who share our values it's so much easier to talk about the things that are near and dear to you when you're with people who can receive those conversations. There's nothing lonelier in the world than sharing something like that with somebody who happens to be near you, a coworker, a friend, whatever, but they can't receive it. It's not their values. It's not their interest. It's just been sort of mind and heart opening for me to, to build a tribe of value-based meaning seekers. And every time we go in there, it's just like, boom, let's open our hearts. Let's talk. Yeah. And I got to tell you, uh, your opening yesterday, your past few openings with just a, a, a minute or two of nice, silent reflection and meditation. Thank you, my brother, because I so I don't know if you knew, knew it or not, but I needed that yesterday. And you 
you got me right where I needed to be. And from there, man, the day flowed amazingly. So thank you for that. And thank yeah. you to all of our meeting seekers that participated. But, thank you. Uh, so let's jump in. Yeah. What are we talking about today, man? You had a, a pretty, uh, pretty cool idea. Well, maybe a little controversial, which we expect from you. Yeah. I mean, expect nothing less. So um, I've been counseling a lot of people who have been bringing up a similar topic, which was sort of news to me. I mean, it doesn't take a stretch of the imagination to understand it, but it's radical honesty. And, you know, when you hear the same message coming from different people, it's time to pay attention to it for whatever that means. I heard, I think, three times in one week or two weeks, radical honesty. And when I challenged them to explain it, they basically said that it's a concept that's out there. I think somebody had written a book on it. There's many, it's also called radical candor, radical honesty. I don't know what, but the bottom line is it's a principle or a way of living in life where you should be radically honest. And at least the simplistic version, I'm sure it goes deeper, is you, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to the people around you to just be honest, completely honest, honest to a fault, raw honest. And as I was working with these individuals, it didn't serve them. It wasn't helping them move the ball down the field of what they were trying to accomplish. And it dawned on me that what we, Dr. Dan and I, um, preach and trying to live and believe built this meaning academy around is not radical honesty. Honesty has its place. Radical responsibility. If I'm going to be radical, I want it to be around responsibility. So that's the topic for today. Maybe the difference between radical honesty and radical responsibility, but what is radical responsibility? Well, I mean, doing the research for today and, and looking up radical honesty, I think it's a load of radical bull. Never <laughs> mind not hitting the explicit button, not hitting the explicit button. But I did, uh, I, I did uh, respond to you with some words of that nature. I just think it's garbage. Um, it, and interestingly had two situations this week that reminded me of, of what garbage, radical honesty, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, ooh, don't mean to disparage fellow, uh, helpers out there, but I just think the idea of radical honesty in a way it puts responsibility on the other hmm, rather how, than how so? taking what's that. How so, um, I can go around and be radically honest and tell people what I think about them and how I feel about them. Is that going to help anybody? When my wife says, hey, you know what? I slaved for several hours in the kitchen to make this dinner for you. Is it any good? And I say, it was terrible. Well, I'm being radically honest. I'm also radically sleeping outside that night. <laughs> right. Where and, and so in my case, uh, again, two examples this week. And, and one person did suggest, I said, you know, what would you... What would you have done differently in this relationship? And the individual said, you know what? I would have been 100% honest all of the time. And I sat back and I said, man, that sounds like an interesting idea. But I don't know if that works in a relationship. I don't know if that's important in a relationship, right? We want to be honest on the big things. We want to have integrity. We don't want to lie or betray our partners or our friends or other people. But sometimes... It's not about honesty in a relationship. It's about taking responsibility for who we are as an individual and in that relationship. And that can lead to healthy honesty. But as we've said, I think it's more about responsibility and focusing on ourselves, who we are and, and, and where we go and, and what our impact is on the relationship. 
So another, I was trying to think of the other word that I've heard out there. It's radical um, authenticity, which is sort of a synonymous with honesty. And, and this is a big buzzword right now, authenticity, uh. authenticity. And this is the controversial part, I think, because there's a lot of teachers out there. There's a lot of systems out there. There's a lot of talk out there about my authentic self. And that's what I owe in this lifetime myself to be my authentic self but b you gotta stop man i can't even take it i'm about to spit coffee and i don't even have it in my mouth right because the first word you said me my i and the next step to that is one of my most ugh, i hate this word i've heard it a couple times this week that idea of i deserve i deserve to be authentic stop it that's what's wrong with our culture right now me my i i deserve oh it's, as we say it's always about the other where so can my, I take responsibility to help the other? So I've shared uh, one of my teachers in rabbinical school was um, Dennis Prager. Mm. And he said once, um, so let me get this straight. Because if you want to be authentic, right, then don't shower. Authent your authentic smell. That you know, don't use deodorant, don't shower. Like that's your authentic smell. And if you show up at my house with your authentic smell, not having gotten rid of it, you're not welcome here. And why is that any different than my authentic needs? My authentic my hey, my authentic desire, Ariella, is to, you know, share my love with the world. You can translate that any way you want. She would say what your wife said, you know, goodbye, radically <laughs> kicking me out. Because we're not animals, yeah. right? We're not here for base needs and desires. Does it mean we should hide who we are to some degree? Yeah. I don't believe we are here to be radically transparent, radically authentic, radically honest at mm -hmm. the expense, as, as you're saying, Dan, of other people's well-being, of other people's needs, of other people's expectations. And I'll come back to of our responsibilities, I, I couldn't agree with you more, right? When we focus on responsibility and our ability to respond in a healthy, meaningful, purposeful, resilient way, uh, we improve ourselves, we improve our situation, we improve our relationships, and that can't help but improve those around us, our communities, et cetera. But this idea, you're, I agree, we've become a selfish culture. Okay, so I, let me devil get and represent some of the voices out there I know I can hear. And piece of little piece of me agrees with this. Uh, I'm going to defend radical authenticity. I don't know about honesty, but radical authenticity. Are you a couple of white guys or a white guy and an off-white guy? Are you are you going to be telling us that we should go back into the closet? And there's thousands of closets, right? There's sexual mm -hmm. closets, there's gender closets, there's identity closets, there's all kinds. So you, because that's my authentic self. My authentic self is to share whatever I want, whenever I want. Why? Right? Why are you telling me to go backwards? Well, again, that idea of my authentic self is to share whatever I want, whenever I want. No, it's not. Authenticity is being you. Responsibility is, is respecting those around you right? Appreciating those around you, recognizing their needs and having a balance between the two. I feel this authenticity uh, idea has gone too far that if everybody's walking around saying it's all about me, 
then we're not worried about others. We're not concerned about others. And when we're not, when we're not concerned about others, we're not taking care of our tribe. And when we're not taking care of our tribe, I don't care if it's modern human beings today or a thousand or 10,000 years ago, when you don't take care of the tribe, the tribe falls apart and we have nothing. And also the other thing is there's a sort of a Puritan thing that's happened in more of the self-helpy new age place space. And that is, you know, but I shouldn't do something if I'm not in alignment, if it's not true, if the, the intention isn't there, which is garbage. Because anybody who has kids knows they don't care why I take them to Chuck E. Cheese or your place of, you know, wherever they want to go. They don't care if I want to be there. They don't care if my intention is I'd rather be at the ball game, but I'm going to take the kids there because that's what they want. They want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. They want you to be at the birthday party, whatever it is. Intention, authenticity isn't the issue in that situation. My authentic self would take me, you know, to the casino. I don't know, wherever I want to go, but I have a duty. I have a to sacrifice some of my authenticity. And that's, I think, what we're getting to, responsibility. I think responsibility is often about sacrifice. Healthy relationships, healthy marriages, healthy friendships are about sacrifice. And I think we have authenticity can be as well when we recognize the importance there. But I think in, in both of these things, when we reflect too much on the I, we miss the we, we miss those around us. And that is destructive. Um, side note, I didn't realize uh, Chuck E. Cheese is here in the Midwest. It's out there in Colorado. And I even had an individual I was talking to yesterday in Vermont. That's rat is everywhere terrifying kids of all ages i think it's heyday is over but still it's still around still, still plugging along um yeah i i really um i think that authenticity is one of these words where i'm not sure how to measure it like i'm not sure what that means authenticity my authentic self what is that who exactly it's, it changes like i don't i can't pinpoint it responsibility you know it. You know when you have a responsibility. You certainly know when you have failed a responsibility. It's one of these things where I don't need to work that hard to really know my responsibilities. Yeah, I agree. We have a responsibility to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of our families and we can take care of our communities. Um, those are things like who wouldn't rather be sitting on the couch watching TV or doing what, right? Whether it's I, you know, I've, I've come across many men who have fallen into this trap. I want to exercise. So I, that's, that's me taking care of myself. I need to do that. But when it goes from, you know, an hour or two hours or three hours a day, uh, forsaking family and their needs, um, that's not responsible. And, and it's maybe taking care of yourself, but it's not taking care of anybody else. Right. It's that idea of you know, when we reflect too much on ourselves being authentic and what I need, we miss out on others. It isn't to say that we don't have a sense of self. It isn't to say that we shouldn't put ourselves first. We, you know, to be, look, sometimes I tell people, especially in my world, Enneagram twos, the helper, the nurturer, the giver, give, give. It's better to give than receive. That's not true. It's, it's unsustainable. That's a depletion model. It's better to give and receive. And there's times when the, when the responsible thing to do 
is to say no, mm -hmm. is to say, I need to go to the gym because I need to be in health and wellness so I can be sustainable mm -hmm. and give to you more. So, mm -hmm. so it isn't to say that you shouldn't have a sense of self and a duty to self and the ability to say no and lose yourself, God forbid. Mm -hmm. It's to say that responsibility is the, the litmus test. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that litmus test is is balance, is the yin yang, is the chaos and order of making these decisions. Because every one of these, yes, we need to be authentic, maybe not radically authentic, but if we're authentic and responsible, we're taking care of ourselves and others. An example from a few weeks ago, uh, Monday uh, was my, you know, my time to go work out. Well, it was golf, but um, it was my time to get out there and golf. My daughter, out of nowhere, Monday at noon, as most teenagers do, hey, by the way, this is my awards ceremony uh, for my, my tennis team my senior year in high school. Well, B, if I was radically authentic, I would have been out there, you know, with my bag of clubs on the golf course and taking care of me and what my needs were. I could even argue, well, being radically authentic is you told me late and I can't plan around that, so that's on you. That's right. Being radically honest, I would have said, you know, I'm really kind of annoyed, so we don't have to hit the explicit button, really kind of annoyed that you told me late and I don't want to do this, so I'm going to go golf. And honestly, you know, I don't really care that much. I've just been, you know, supporting you. I supported you at the games, but this is not net. like you could destroy it, right? A child by being radical. Right, right. I don't, I don't want to go play, to, you know, the, and, and by the way, dad, the coaches said that the parents are going to play the kids. So we're going to, we're going to slam some pizza into our gullet and then go run around on the tennis court and see who throws up first. Sounds delightful. <laughs> B, you want to guess what I did? Went golfing. Uh, no, B, I did the responsible thing. I went and ate a piece of pizza, nearly threw up playing tennis with my daughter and all of her teammates. And I think, I think that's part of the problem why I still can't quite walk today. So I think that, um, you know, this idea of responsibility isn't shocking. Yeah. I want to talk about the radical piece because in this day and age, it almost feels like this is right now, this conversation is almost countercultural. It almost feels like I'm going to get a Brene Brown fan or I'm going to get a, you know, one of these other great teachers out there, but I know the people who talk about authenticity and we're going to get a kind of a challenging, if not nasty email about denigrating authenticity and raising up responsibility. It just doesn't feel like responsibility is in vogue. I can't argue with that. And I think that has to do with a lot of the existential vacuum we all feel. Um, as I've shared, you know, reading, uh, reading Seth Godin's latest uh, volume right now, talking about how many of us have been indoctrinated for the past hundred years to go work hard, work overtime so we can make more money to consume, consume, consume. And that's authenticity. And with that, we, we've lost responsibility. We've lost balance in our lives of, do I need, really need to work that much extra so that I can have that much extra so I can consume uh, that much extra? So, so because I think when we say responsibility, there's a negative that it is only revolving around burdens, right? Work, mm. work is responsibility. And I must, because I can hear somebody saying, well, Dan, isn't it responsible to go work? I make all this money so I can support my husband and kids. Mm -hmm. And what do you say to that? Is that responsible? No. 
How don't come? worry. No, I'm kidding. Right? Of course it is. It's but it's responsible to have a balance. We live in a workaholic culture many of the time. You and I both know that. We've been subject to that. I know I've engaged in it only to realize, wow, that was really stupid. I didn't need to go do that. I didn't need to have chase that money. My kids are perfectly happy. Right? But that was about my ego and me wanting more. And that was irresponsible, right? I think the counter to that or along with that is what some of the great podcasters talk about. What other great authors and philosophers today? Discipline. Responsibility and discipline go well together. And they can certainly provide balance to our lives. And in my opinion, help us to find a true authentic self rather than the self that is only focused on the I. And Frankel, Victor Frankel would um agree with this i'm certain that you'll never get to your authentic self if you're searching for your authentic self right you must transcend yourself mm -hmm. and the only way to transcend yourself is to be responsible you can be involved in environment animals people causes but it's not about you so ironically the only way to get to the authentic you i would argue is to not focus on the authentic you so then what do we focus on, B? We throw around, you and this Dr. Dan guy throw around this self-transcendence nonsense so much. What does that mean? That, that doesn't sound authentic. Um, is it authentic? I don't think it is authentic. I think, um, you know, I like the word natural and supernatural. Natural is fight, flight, freeze. Natural is to get mine, is to live like an animal, is to survive. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe we're, be we're here to be natural. I think our... As a parent, my entire job is to get my kids to stop being natural, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're little slobs and pigs and, <laughs> and you know, they're, they're selfish, they're, they're foul mouth, they be, they're mean on the playground. And my job, your job, our job is to raise these kids to become supernatural, super, to go beyond, to go beyond your nature. And that means to say thank you. I don't care if it's authentic. Say thank you anyways, right? How many times did you tell your girls, say thank you, say thank you, say thank you? Still today. Still today, right? It's not, But today. the natural thing is for them not to say thank you. So right. defy, defiant, defy that nature. And that's what I, you know, at a deeper level, I'm getting to with the self-transcendent to go beyond our nature. Mm -hmm. and And part of that is to give, is to sacrifice, is to serve. Mm -hmm. So to tread all too closely to repetition of a theme we've touched on many times before, you mean to tell me that this Maslow guy and his hierarchy of needs with self-actualization being at the top, the ultimate human achievement, you're saying, no, no, the other, the real top to the pyramid of becoming one's honest and best self is self-transcendence, not self-actualization. When we serve others, we serve ourselves. You notice how all those pyramids from like the 60s, 70s, 80s are wrong. They now they say the food pyramid's wrong. Don't, don't you remember the old food, food pyramid? All the, uh, dude, the, the food pyramid's been wrong every five years. They're like, no, more bacon, less bacon, eat eggs. Oh, stop eating eggs. It's so confusing. And so, yes, <clears throat> I think we have another wrong pyramid. Um, and the reason why is because the pyramid is me, it's about me. Everything in that pyramid is mine. And our work is to, we're no different than our little slob toddler kids. We're just grown versions of it to defy our nature. And that means to go beyond everything in that pyramid.
right? Yes, yes, yes. I know people are listening. Yes, have a sense of self. Yes, get your needs met. Yes, put on your oxygen mask before you help the person next to you. But help the person next to you. Right. It's it's interesting. Um, you know, when we talk about these pyramids and, and the theories of the 50s, 60s and 70s, when the, 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 the field of psychology was but barely 50 years old. Right. We are now sitting on uh, uh, maybe a hundred year old science, um, whereas philosophy and theology and ancient wisdom have been around for thousands of years. If we learn to balance, I keep using that word, sorry, but if we learn to, to take from both of those, um, and our friend Jordan Peterson is a great example of this, right? Studying ancient myths and theology to bring out the psychology of it to say, wow, some of these theories go back thousands of years. And the one, one of the ones you will continually find is take care of others and yourself, not take care of yourself. Everybody that's ever focused only on themselves eventually winds up getting burned but when you take care of the tribe when you take care of the community when you take care of your family you grow you evolve and, and, and the myths will tell you there are rewards at the end of that <laughs> one little thing for the running man he likes my biblical trivia um and that is that there's no concept of personal covenant in the bible there's um when the israelites are presented with the covenant it is says which means we will enter this agreement right mm. we first person plural there's a there's a, a we component to covenant and whether it's two people under the wedding canopy getting married whether it's a family whether it's friendships whether it's communities right we have a covenant a bond and that brings with it responsibility you know the if you get married you're bringing more, not less responsibility into your life. If you want less responsibility, don't commit to another person. But but there's something that we intuit as human beings that that is a worthy burden. Mm-hmm. I think it was Frankel who talks about, um, you know, I lived in Israel and, and lots of arches, lots of ancient Greek arches that are falling apart. How do you make the arch stronger? You put more load on it, not less because it needs compression. If it doesn't have enough pressure, it will start to crumble. So they strengthen it by putting a heavier load on it. And I feel like that's the magic ingredient of responsibility. That burden, I, it's counterintuitive, but that burden almost lightens us up, makes us freer. I, I would, first of all, yes, it was Absolutely, Dr. Frankel, that's talked about putting a greater burden on an arch as he talked about neurodynamics or what we call existential dynamics, right? That tension between where we are and what we want to be. Um, And again, not to bring up Peterson again, he talks about the idea of take on your damn burden, right? And many of us, and he says it just that way. We live in a world where we can choose our burden, but for Pete's sake, take that burden it will make you better it will make you stronger it will make you more responsible more self-actualized more self-transcendent when we choose our burden what we are going to carry we become better people healthier people stronger people so here's a practical coaching counseling moment for anybody listening because people (coughs) excuse me have said we want some practical takeaways Mm -hmm. when i'm counseling people especially men midlife onwards, you know, who are facing the the um, kind of typical midlife crisis, which I believe is a midlife opportunity. 
their natural reaction is oftentimes unburdened, mm-hmm. unburdened from a job chain, you know, unburdened from a partner, unburdened from roles, responsibilities, duties. And my first point of guidance for them is always try, maybe, maybe you will have to leave the marriage. Maybe this needs to be dissolved, but don't dissolve it until you've put more onto the arch, more burden, more responsibility. If that doesn't bear out, sometimes the, the arch crumbles. It just does. Right. Well, and, and that's the idea of, of taking on more self-transcendence. When we try to serve others, especially in an intimate relationship, when we try to be more attentive, more present, more serving of our partners and spouses, it's kind of funny things improve. Unless there are completely irreconcilable differences. But in all honesty, I would allow a professional to diagnose irreconcilable differences. I would say if you feel it's struggling, if you're in that midlife crisis in your marriage or in your work, to take on more, to take on more responsibility, to behave more responsibly and see what happens. Because because if and when it does come undone, you have no regret. As we said in wrestling, you left it all on the mat, mm-hmm. right? It isn't because of neglect. It's because design, it's not designed properly and it needs to be you know, exited, but mm-hmm. you will live with no regret knowing that you, I call it the, the 99% rule. And you see this all the time. One partner gives 99%. The other says, well, they're not all in. So mm-hmm. they give 98%, 97, 96. This is war of attrition. The only way to defy it is to give a hundred percent. And when it doesn't work out, you left it all on the mat, right? And that is the nature of a healthy marriage and a healthy friendship and a healthy relationship sacrifice when somebody else can't or won't provide their hundred percent the other says i got you i'll take care of this holy cow b that's the conversation we just had this week b man i'm sorry i'm at capacity i cannot put those powerpoints together don't worry man i got you and when that comes around and and you're you don't have capacity and you can't help out you're not giving a hundred percent hey i got you that's a healthy relationship that's what our marriages should look like. That's what our partnership should look like. Sacrifice, self-transcendence, not radical honesty. Hey, B, you're being a slacker, man. Get yourself together, right? That would be radical honesty. That doesn't make for a healthy relationship. And also remember, Dan, take a shower. <laughs> so yeah. the running man is done we're at that time i am sure he's ready for the next podcast so thank you for listening thank you to all of us we're gonna let's throw out something a little tidbit so that they can um respond and send us an email telling us they listened all the way through because running man has done it a few times yeah he has he has uh he actually recommended when we asked for a movie recommendation of course as the running man what did he recommend what the did running he recommend man. the running man right? yeah i, I don't, don't even know He's apparently a father as well, because that was a terrible dad joke. So, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this one really simple. Look, yeah. if you've come all the way through, hop on themeaningacademy.com or themeaningacademy.org. It'll take you to the website and uh, sign up to find out more about these meaning masterminds. If you enjoy this passive bit of information B and I throw out every week, you are gonna love sitting in on a meaning mastermind. And and you don't even have to you don't have to show yourself. You don't have to participate. Uh, you can just turn your video and sound off and listen and see what happens. Or you can jump on in and, and ask questions and bat some of these ideas around with us. And how about send us an email at info at and tell us 
an example of when radical honesty, radical authenticity has gone wrong or where we don't want it in our life or why it isn't the ideal to strive for. We'd love, love to hear from you. Well, and, and you know what? I'm going to be radically responsible and say, you know what? I would even want to read some counters to that. Where has radical honesty or radical authenticity helped you? As we said, um, we're, we're open to, to counterintuitive yeah. different ideas. I'd, I'd love to know more and uh, maybe we even talk about it on a future episode. So, excuse me, either way, if you, if you disagree with radical honesty and uh, authenticity, let us know or hit us up and, and let us know how it served you. Somebody sent me an email um, last week and said, I don't agree with everything you say on the show. And I would hope you wouldn't. I don't agree with everything I say on the show, right? right? Our, our work is to put it out there, is to grapple, is to wrestle through it. So we do not expect um, compliance. We do not expect agreement. What we expect is meaning seekers to show up, open mind, open heart, willingness to dialogue, willingness to change their minds and their hearts. And we're all growing through this together. So until check it out but you, you gotta let me do this man because i just thought of something watch this i'm going to take both of our areas and put it together when you two take two extroverted eight holes like us you're going to get free-flowing ideas and things that come out of our mouths because they're right in our heads and we're thinking about them and sometimes we go all right i think when we are responsible and and authentic with ourselves we can recognize yeah you know what sometimes i'm not as uh later i may not agree as much but I mean, this is our years of experience. So a lot of what you're hearing here is is tested and true, but can also, I think we're both open to, to being challenged and to having honest conversations about it. So come on over to the Meeting Mastermind. Let's have those conversations. Absolutely. And now we have our sign off. Until the next time, live your meaning, purpose, and with resilience. Take care. You've been listening to the Meaning Academy podcast with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you found meaning in what you've heard, please leave us a five-star review and be sure to share this with fellow meaning seekers. And don't forget to check us out at TheMeaningAcademy.com where you can learn how to join our weekly virtual and complimentary meaning masterminds. Until the next time, get out there and live your purpose and discover your meaning.